God's man must be holding fast the faithful word that they might be able to exhort, have the power to, in sound, healthy doctrine, in its right context by God's power and strength for his glory alone. Thanks for joining us for this weekend edition of Equipping the Saints with Greg Lundstedt. Equipping the Saints is a daily radio outreach from Equipping Bible Church in Greer, South Carolina. And Greg, our current series on leadership in the church is obviously for elders and pastors, but there's a lot in here for the rest of us. You know, Dave, there really is, because as we look at the qualifications for elders, they really are qualifications of those who are walking rightly with Christ. And and although the eldership is for men, as we look at these qualifications, each and every one of us need to strive and desire to be like Christ. So with that in mind, it all comes down to, I believe, a core in how we look at the Word of God and how we handle it. So then today, we're going to see what God has to say concerning the right handling of His Word. Our text is Titus chapter 1, and we'll be looking at verse 9. Well, thanks, Greg. And as always, if you have to miss a portion of today's broadcast, you can hear this entire program online at etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org. Now, let's join Greg for today's message. That they would be able to exhort in sound doctrine. What does that mean? What does sound doctrine mean? Well, I believe it's the opposite of error or impurity, soundness we're going to look at. Take a look at Second Thess again, chapter 2, and we're going to look at verse 1. And we're going to see the contrast of the pure exhortation with the impure, ultimately. Paul is reminding them again when they had been with them for three weeks when they came to faith. He says, First Thessalonians 2, 1, For you yourselves know, brethren, that our coming to you was not in vain. But after we had already suffered and been mistreated in Philippi, as you know, we had the boldness in our God to speak to you the gospel amid much opposition. We were suffering, we were being chased around, and we had the boldness even here to speak the gospel. And then he says, now he's going to talk about it. For our exhortation, he's explaining his preaching the gospel, right? Our exhortation does not come from error or impurity or by way of deceit. There is unsound doctrine. There is erroneous exhortation. There is impure exhortation. Paul's didn't come from there. Ultimately, he says, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not as pleasing men, but God who examines our heart. There's the core of how people err in their exhortation and doctrine. They want to please men rather than God. He says later on, For we never came with flattering speech, as you know, nor a pretext to greet God as our witness, nor did we seek glory from men or from you or from others. Back in our passage, he says, so that they can exhort in sound doctrine. What is doctrine? What does doctrine mean? Well, unfortunately, again, the church is so dumbed down these days that even big words are looked upon badly. What is doctrine? The word translated here is didaskalia, and it speaks of that which is taught. That which is taught. It can be translated teaching, instruction, or doctrine. It doesn't refer to the act of teaching. It refers to what is taught. That which is taught. 
We looked at it earlier last week in terms of according to the instruction. There is a body of doctrine in the Word of God laid forth, taught by Christ and the apostles, which we have for us. It is that which is taught. It is encapsulated in the Word of God. It is what we have in the Word. It refers to the teaching, the body of teaching, doctrine. You could take that word doctrine, and in our passage it says literally, to exhort in the sound doctrine. The sound doctrine. There's a definite article. There's a body of sound doctrine that you are to exhort in elders. Now in our passage, again, it doesn't refer to the act of teaching, but what is taught. Now, although people will divide Scripture and say there are doctrinal passages and there are applicational passages, I believe that misses the point. Doctrine is simply that which is taught. There are doctrinal and applicational, but they are both doctrine it is that which is taught now some people revolt against this they want to be the lone ranger and teach themselves everything in the bible and there's nothing wrong with that we need to be in scripture we need to know the word of god but we need to also be together with the body god has ordained pastors and teachers and those with teaching gifts to equip the saints elders must have the ability to teach they must be able to teach first timothy 3 So doctrine and the doctrine is that which is taught. So they must exhort in accordance with the doctrine. It must be right, but we'll see later on it has to be sound teaching, taught in soundness. Now there's a couple other passages I'll just briefly go through which speak of the teaching, the doctrine, not doctrine, but the doctrine. Romans chapter 12, verse 7, in speaking the bounds in which someone should teach in a teaching gift, He says, Romans 12, verse 7, If service in his serving, if he who teaches in literally the doctrine, not his doctrine, they've put it in italics there to show you they think that's what it is, but it literally says, he who teaches in the doctrine. If you're a teacher in the church, you need to teach in accordance with the revealed teaching we have in the Word of God, the doctrine. 1 Timothy 4.13, I read this earlier, Until I come, Paul tells Timothy, Give attention to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation and, says teaching there, but literally it's the doctrine. Give public attention to the teaching, the doctrine. First Timothy 4.16, a few verses down, he says, pay close attention to yourself and, it's in italics, it's literally the teaching. Pay close attention to yourself, Timothy, and the teaching. The teaching. And I like the way the New King James translates it. They say, take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing so you will save both yourself and those who hear. 1 Timothy 6.1, let all those who are under the yoke of slaves regard their own masters as worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and literally the doctrine, the body of teaching that we have would not be ultimately here, spoken or blasphemed against. You guys, be obedient so that people don't speak against the doctrine, the truth. Titus 2.7, and back now he weaves in and out of giving Titus commands, but then he says this specifically for Titus, in all things show yourself to be example of good deeds with purity in literally the doctrine. Purity in that. And then down a couple of verses, 2, 9 through 10, urge bond slaves to be subject to their own masters and everything to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering, but showing all good faith so that they may adorn the doctrine. Obey the word of God so that the truth that has been taught would be adorned. It would be beautiful as people look at it. 
the doctrine. So I believe the idea back in our passage here in Titus 1.9 is that elders are absolutely required to hold fast the faithful word so that they can first exhort in the context of sound teaching or doctrine. So what does he mean? He has to add this word sound in there because evidently there is unsound doctrine. There is bad teaching. There are those who exhort according to the word, but it's not sound. And this word sound actually literally speaks of that which is whole or healthy. It means literally to be in good health. The word is hugenio, and we get our word hygiene or hygienic from it. And it literally means to be in good health. Jesus actually used this word, Luke records his words, in opposition to the idea of being sick. And here we see metaphorically of spiritual sickness. Luke chapter 531. It is not those who are well, hugenio, who need a physician, but those who are sick. It is not those who are sound. They're well, they're physically well, but here a spiritual metaphor. Later on in Luke, the centurion slave who was healed by Jesus was in Hugenio, it's in good health. He was sound. Later on also concerning the prodigal son, when he came back, as the father shares with the older brother, he says that he was back safe and sound. Those two words to describe someone who is now right and healthy and in a right relationship there with his father. So then ultimately, in terms of doctrine, there is sound and unsound doctrine. There is healthy and sick teaching. There's a lot of sick teaching out there. There's a lot of unhealthy teaching, and there is the sound doctrine. There's a lot of teaching which is in accordance with the Word of God, and there's teaching which is twisted, which is unsound, not healthy, not in accordance with God's intent. And folks, God is gracious because He loves us to protect us from unsound doctrine, from every wind of doctrine, from strange doctrines, ultimately doctrines of demons. And He uses elders and overseers and pastors and shepherds to do so. Indeed, we see pastors and teachers were for the equipping of the saints so that ultimately Ephesians chapter 4. And he gave some as apostles and some as prophets, verse 11, and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to the mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. And as a result of that, pastors and teachers equipping the saints for the works of service, as a result of that, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there, carried about by every wind of doctrine, every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men, by craftiness in deceitful scheming. Remember Jesus in Matthew 15, he says in rebuking the Pharisees that they taught their doctrines, their precepts of man as doctrines of God. He says, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Matthew 15, 8. But in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the precepts of man. There is bad doctrine. There are strange doctrines. There are doctrines of demons which amount to fruitless discussion. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 3, Paul says, As I urge you on my departure from Macedonia, remain on at Ephesus, in order that you may instruct certain men not to teach strange Doctrines, And he kind of explains, in order to pay attention to myths and endless genealogies which give rise to mere speculation rather than furthering the administration of God which is by 
faith. And then we ultimately see the hand behind strange doctrines in 1 Timothy 4, verse 1. But the Spirit explicitly says in latter times, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. By means of hypocrisy of liars, seared in their own conscience with a banding iron. And he gives some illustrations. They forbid marriage and they want people to abstain from foods. That's doctrines of demons. That teaching is not in Scripture. Or it is, and it is twisted. It is not sound doctrine because God has created all things to be enjoyed, he says there, in terms of food. There is sound doctrine based on what is taught rightly in accordance with the Word of God, and there is unsound doctrine, doctrines of men, ultimately demonic taught by men who have fallen away from the faith, paid attention to deceitful spirits, and teach these wicked doctrines. But God's man must be holding fast the faithful word that they might be able to exhort, have the power to, in sound, healthy doctrine, in its right context by God's power and strength for His glory alone. As we finish up, there are many places in Scripture where we see the godly shepherd is exhorted in sound doctrine. 1 Timothy 4, 6, and 7. And this is after pointing out those doctrines of demons in the same context. He says, in pointing out these things to the brethren, Timothy, do this. Point it out to them. If you do this, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, constantly nourished on the words of faith and of sound doctrine, which you have been following. But in contrast, Timothy, have nothing to do with worldly fables. They're sound doctrine fit only for old women. On the other hand, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Timothy is also to be able to spot bad doctrine. We see this in 1 Timothy 6, verse 3. If anyone advocates a different doctrine, does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ with a doctrine conforming to godliness, he is conceited, understands nothing, but has morbid interest in controversial questions and disputes about words which out of arise envy, strife, abusive language, evil suspicions, and constant friction between men of depraved mind deprived of the truth. There's the fruit of bad doctrine. And in contrast, in 2 Timothy 2, we see that there is sound doctrine to be preached, but in contrast, there are those who won't be able to endure it. Maybe some of you can't endure sound doctrine. You're sitting here and you can't endure it. It says in 2 Timothy 4, verse 1, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge of the living and the dead, and by his appearing, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with great patience and instruction, for a time will come when they will not endure healthy sound doctrine, right? But wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. But you be sober in all things, endure hardship, do the work of the evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Titus 2.1, Paul tells Titus, but as for you, speak things which are only fitting for sound doctrine. Folks, bad doctrine everywhere, people being tossed to and fro, man-centered teaching disguised as doctrines of God, ears being tickled by evil pastors who have fallen away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. But you, Timothy, but you, Titus, but you, elders, preach, speak, exhort in sound doctrine. Preach the word, speak the word, exhort the word in its right context by God's power and strength for His glory alone. 
elders must be holding fast the faithful word so that they can exhort in sound doctrine. And folks, a lot of this bad doctrine's crept in because elders are not holding fast the faithful word. They're not protecting the flocks. And we see it by their man-centered, man-focused sermons and man-centered music. And by the way, music carries doctrine also. And there is bad music with bad doctrine. One pastor writes here, It is unfortunate today, 1989 is the date he wrote this, that we not only have unsound, unhealthy doctrine in teaching and preaching, but also in music. Far too many songs not only teach no doctrine, but many even teach false doctrines. A singer has no right to sing a lie than a teacher has to teach a lie. And we see that these days. Bad doctrine in Christian music. It's all over the place. But you, Timothy, but you, Titus, but you, elders, preach, teach, and exhort in sound doctrine. Exhort the Word in its right context for His glory alone. I want to ask you, are you in a church that men have crept in who are preaching and teaching unsound doctrine? Can you identify it? Can you identify it? If I was to come here and preach something that was unsound, could you identify that? Have you been tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, seeker-sensitive, purpose-driven, 40 days of the shack, all these winds of doctrine going along. One thing one way, the whole group goes this way. One thing the next goes this way. Are you being tossed here and there in churches in which elders are not qualified because they don't hold fast? They must be able to hold fast the faithful word. But you, Timothy, but you, Titus, but you, elders, preach, teach, speak, exhort in sound doctrine. And lastly, I just want to look at one last point before we close today. If, if you turn to Titus 2.15, and it talks about biblical exhortation in the context of sound doctrine, he says, Titus 2.15, These things speak and exhort and reprove with all authority. Let no one disregard you. Elders are to speak it with all authority. Godly elders are to be gracious and kind, and gentle, uncontentious. All those things. But as we see here with Titus's example, there is authority behind the Word of God. There's not authority behind man's Word. There's not authority behind my opinion. There's authority behind the Word of God. Speak with all authority. Let no one disregard you. Don't shrink back, elders. Acts 20, verse 26, Paul says to the Ephesian elders, Therefore I testify to you this day, I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I did not shrink back from declaring to you the whole purpose of God. I want to ask you, are you elders listening? Any elders, have you disregarded the word of God? Have you shrunk back from declaring it? Are you teaching as doctrines of God the precepts of man? You ought to be ashamed of yourself. You ought to fall down and repent before the Lord and for all those you have led astray before it is too late. Let me ask everyone else, have you disregarded the Word of God, not someone's opinion? These things speak and exhort and approve with all authority. Have you disregarded these truths by placing yourself under leadership that is ungodly? So just confess that we have a gracious God who loves you and wants to protect you. You are His precious little lambs. He gave His Son to die for you. It's all for your protection. It's for your good. He wants to comfort you. He wants the exhortation to comfort you, to encourage you, to build you up. He's exhorting you so that you'll be protected. It's like a father exhorts a child not to do those things because they may get hurt, because they love them. 
Are you willing to accept the exhortation of the word through the leaders? And also it says, encourage one another as long as it's called today. I tell you right now, one of the most grievous things for me in leading this body, and not with anyone here I can see, is coming alongside a brother or sister to share the word, which should bring them comfort, and to see them react in pride and anger. That's one of the most discouraging things. And you've probably experienced it too, as you've come along a brother and sister, and you share the word of God with them in context of sound doctrine and love, and they get angry, and you know they're just hurting themselves. They're not comforted by it, and that's one of the worst things. But that's not God's ultimate intent. It is to comfort, to exhort, to encourage, to build up. So then we've seen the first half of this last qualification for elders and overseers. Godly leaders must be required to hold fast the faithful word, God's word which will not fail, God's word which was from a faithful God, so that in order that they will have the ability to exhort in sound doctrine. I'll tell you right now, if you're in a biblical church, you're going to be exhorted in sound doctrine. Believers are going to be exhorted. If you're being exhorted in sound doctrine, don't disregard it. God is gracious and he wants you to respond rightly. All of us know we start to stray so quick in our thoughts, just minute by minute. We need that exhortation and we need to respond with a soft heart. Oh Lord, I'm sorry I was worried, I was tempted to be angry. Whatever it is, Lord, I'm sorry. God wants us to respond rightly to it in humility. And he gives a greater grace to the humble. An elder can't perform his duty in the church unless he's a man of God. An elder who does not hold fast will not have the ability to exhort in sound doctrine. One last thing. Remember, brothers and sisters, this word exhort can also be translated comfort. The idea of comfort is not far from exhortation, and it's based on how you respond to it. When someone comes alongside you or someone comes alongside us, how do we respond to the Word of God? It really is, if your heart is right, comforting to be shown God's view of your circumstance and to be exhorted in it. And we should be encouraged by it. If you're feeling condemned by the Word of God, you need to examine your heart. Either you're holding on to sin ultimately, or maybe you're not saved. If you're feeling consistently condemned all the time, you see there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If the Word of God is condemning you ultimately, then I would examine yourself and cry out to a gracious God who will save you and that you will know there is no condemnation. It should be comforting, even though it's hard. It's hard to hear the truth. It's hard to be confronted. It's hard to be exhorted. But it should be very comforting to the one who receives it in humility. Much of the Christian life is about exhortation, and if the church isn't doing it individually and corporately, it's not a biblical church. Today's evangelical churches have left out exhortation of sound doctrine and substituted the feeling and coddling of one's felt needs. Backslidden believers, non-believers, pretenders feel condemned and judged, but the believer who humbly receives it will find great comfort from the God of the comfort. If you've just joined us, you've been listening to Equipping the Saints with Greg Lundstedt. You can hear today's message again by visiting our website, etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org. CDs of today's message or other messages are available at our website as well. And as a part of the ministry of Equipping the Saints, all our audio resources are available at no cost to you. 
Thanks to the Lord's provision through the faithful support of friends of this broadcast. To order your complimentary CD, call us toll-free 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. If you prefer to request your complimentary CD by email, our email address is contact at etsradio.org. Greg, as we wrap up today's program, what is the application for those who are not elders? You know, Dave, the application is that we need to handle God's Word accurately. Not only are elders to hold fast the faithful Word and to be able to exhort and refute and sound doctrine, we need to understand the Word rightly. And the only way to do that is to be confessing sin and studying and learning and memorizing Scripture. Get in every Bible study you can. Absorb God's Word so that you can adequately and accurately discern what is true and false. So with that in mind, let God's word be your guide in every situation and circumstance. That's our application today. As we close today's broadcast, it's our prayer that the word of God has done its work in your life and that you've been challenged and encouraged to follow Christ more closely. If you're receiving spiritual benefit from equipping the saints, would you prayerfully consider sending a gift today? Every gift makes a difference, no gift is too small, and every dollar is put right back into the ministry. To send a gift to Equipping the Saints, call us toll-free at 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. If you prefer to donate online, our web address is etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org. Well, we hope you'll make plans to join us again next time right here for another edition of Equipping the Saints.